What is going on, basketball fans out there? Recording live from Sacramento, California, where it is rainy. Matter of fact, it's going to be rainy for the next couple of days here. I'm recording this on Wednesday, January 31st, last day of January, around 5 p.m. So with that said, welcome to another thrilling episode of Shot Clock Scribbles. I am your host, and I am Kanuire, and we've got a slam dunk of topics to discuss today. Fasten your seatbelts, y'all. It's going to be a wild ride. We're, we're going to talk about the NBA All-Star Weekend coming up in a few weeks here. The 65-game limit that has been discussed around the league. We saw JoJo go down against the Warriors last night. So I got my two cents on that. Go over some season leaders for the season in certain categories like points, three-point makes, rebounds, etc., and then we're going to end the pod with speaking about the Kings four-game winning streak. They're playing the Heat as we speak right now. And then we'll talk about the state of the Los Angeles Lakers. All right. First topic we're going to talk about is the NBA All-Star Game. So as we recently saw this, Sabrina and Steph will be teeing it up in Indy on the three-point ball. Curry, a two-time NBA three-point contest champion, has made NBA record. 3,577 three-pointers. I did get this just the other day, so those numbers might have been changed since the last game yesterday where he went off for a crazy game in the regular season. So in 2023, talking about Sabrina here, she set a WNBA single-season record with 128 three-point makes, which is incredible. All right, so let's talk about exactly how this is going to work. So... Steph and Sabrina will follow standard Sturry three-point contest rules. This means four ball racks with four game balls and one money ball. That is pretty typical in the all-star game. Fifth rack, well, we'll have a special all-money rack. Steph and Sabrina can decide the spot for this rack. Anywhere they're good on the floor and feel the most comfortable, they go with that. And they also get two Sturry range shots. And those shot values, game balls, are worth one, one point, money balls worth two points, stereo range worth three points. So that's how that will go. It should be exciting. Steph will shoot from the NBA line with NBA basketballs. And Sabrina will shoot from the WNBA line with WNBA basketballs. I think recently she said she's down to shoot the three ball from the NBA three-point line. So let's see what happens with that. It should be exciting. I think Steph started this off challenging Sabrina and of course Sabrina, very competitive, said she's down for the challenge. And honestly, I think th this is good for the game and it'll probably drive up more viewers watching this game here, given this recent news. And of course, the slam dunk contest and rising stars game are on the horizon. Participants for the slam dunk contest have not been given out yet so we're gonna have to just give that a moment but we do have the rising stars game list here i'll be reading the list out to you all out there but i do want to know who's your early pick for the dunk contest or who do you want to see in a dunk contest and then also i definitely want to see which rising stars are catching your eyes lately drop your predictions in the comments below all right let's talk about the participants that are going to be playing in the player pool of this amazing game that should be very exciting here. From rookies, we have Bilal Kulibali, Keontae George, John and Hawkins, Baller, Scooter Henderson, Chet Holmgren, 
Jaime Hawkins Jr., Derek Lively II, Brendan Miller, Brennan Podemski, Kaysen Wallace, and Victor Wembanyama. From the softball class here, we have Paolo Banquero, Dyson Daniels, Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivey, Walker Kessler, Benedict Matherin, Baller too. Keegan Murray, we get some Sacktown love again. Shaden Sharp, Jabari Smith Jr., Jalen Williams. And then also they added a couple of players that seven, in fact, from the G League here, Isan Imansa, Matas Busiles. Ron Holland, the second, Mac McClung, Tyler Smith, and I'm sorry if I butcher your name. Last two players here, Oscar Tweshbe, and the last one is Alondis Williams. So this is going to take place Friday night at 6 p.m. here on the West Coast, 9 p.m. Eastern Time in Indy, Gain Bridge Fieldhouse on TNT. So basically for this showcase, the annual showcase is basically like a premier young talent featuring basically a mini tournament with four teams and three games. So how were the players selected? So the NBA players, that's 21, selected by NBA assistant coaches, will be drafted onto three seven-player teams. The seven G League players selected by the league office will compromise the fourth team. So coaches, six-time NBA All-Star and Naismith, Memorial Basketball Hall of Famer here. Lakers love Paul Gasol will return as one of the honorary head coaches since he did also win it last year. Joining Gasol as honorable head coaches are Indiana Fever legend, and she definitely is 10-time WNBA All-Star Tamika Catchings and the former Indiana Pacers standouts Jalen Rose and Detlef. So all three games in the Panini Rising Stars will be played to a final target, essentially meaning each game will end with a made basket or made free throw instead of with the clock running out, basically. And the semifinal games will be played to a final target score of 40. So like basically what they've been doing in the NBA All-Star game, although I think this is the last year that they're doing this, or maybe not. I'm not so sure what will happen moving forward here. So the championship game will be played to a final target of 25. And just the last two things about this is team A will face team B in the first semifinal game. That's game number one. And team C will play team D in the second semifinal game number two. Essentially, the winner of game one will meet the winner of game two in the final championship round, which is the third game. The semifinal matchups will be announced at a later date. So that's how that's going to work. I know it's a little funky, but that's the way it essentially works. I think this is going to be pretty exciting to watch. These are some of the best players in the NBA. Some of them are on the up and up. That's exactly why they're in this game. You get a bunch of young players running up and down the floor doing some amazing things. I just think that it would be pretty exciting to watch. All right, so now let's shift gears to the hot debate surrounding the 65-game limit for MVP and all NBA awards. I've got to share my two cents on this one because it's been talked about recently with JoJo going down in the city of San Francisco. I want to know, is it a game changer or just adding an extra layer of player fatigue and injury? I want to hear your thoughts too, so hit me up in the comments, but let's go ahead and jump into it. So the first thing I'm actually thinking about this is, all right, the league, how did you guys come up with 65 
games is is this fair or is this foul like i I definitely want to know maybe like all the analytics that they used not so sure how they did it but if we kind of just go ahead and break down the last 11 winners here we have joel Jokic, Jokic, Giannis, Giannis, Harden, Russell, Steph, Steph, Kevin, and LB. So the last players to win MVP, I won't talk so much about NBA honors, strictly just MVP here, but the average games played by those recent MVPs was 74.1. So the last 11 winners of the MVP was 74.1. I just think that 65 is too low of a number and you're really going to start putting the players at risk here. So just some background for everybody out there. The NBA and Players Union agreed to a collective bargaining agreement in April 2023, a rule that was slipped in there that was player participation policy, which set a 65-game threshold for players to be eligible for awards like MVP and Defensive Player of the Year, as well as all NBA honors. So that's essentially what's going on with this policy. Basically, the league wants players to be playing. They don't want players to be missing a lot of games because they end up losing money from people that go to the games in person or just watch them on TV. So the league definitely wants to maximize as much money as they can, especially with the new TV deal coming through very soon here. So that's my two cents on that. For those that follow soccer, there's an example of the Premier League and definitely you can see Adam Silver and the executives over there in New York seeing what they're doing in England because that is the most popular league in the world and they make a lot of revenue from TV, et cetera, et cetera. I think Adam is just taking a look at that, taking a page out of the book. And of course, this is going to try to maximize as much dollars for the NBA and for the owners that also goes down to the workers of all these NBA teams. But really with the players, honestly, it's sacrificing the health of these players. So I know I get it. Players are definitely incentivized to play as many games as possible because that could mean for them making a lot more money. But you definitely don't want to see a shattered product where players are having to just play extra games and put their body at risk. Like we saw Joel and Beeb last night against the Warriors. I just think this is very dangerous. And I saw Draymond Green talk about it too, talking about like he definitely just like forced himself. So I just think this is very dangerous. I think that number get, gets pushed up. It's not a bad policy. I just think that the number should be higher. If we're going to say the last just strictly MVP winners, the average games played by all those amazing players, that's 74.1. So that's my two cents on this 65 game limit for player participation. All right, but wait, NBA fans, it wouldn't be shot clock scribbles without diving deep into the analytics. We're going to break down numbers, crunch down some stats, and get into the nitty gritty of player performances this season from three-point makes, points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, et cetera, et cetera. I've got you covered right here. So let's go ahead and jump straight into it. Season leaders, four points per game. Top five here. I did grab this list on Tuesday, so the numbers might have changed, give or take. But top five, we have JoJo, 
Luca, SGA, Giannis, and Devin Booker. So leading the pack there is JoJo 36.0, Luca with 34.7, SGA 31.3, Giannis at 31, and Devin Booker at 28.4. So for a lot of you people that do fantasy basketball, those are players that you definitely to show a lot of love to. So moving on to rebounds per game, we have Domas, who's been playing crazy lights out for the Sacramento Kings, leading the pack with 13 rebounds per game, Rudy at 12.5, and the Joker and AD tied at 12.1. And lastly, we have Giannis there. Switching gears now to assists per game, we have Tyrese leading the pack. That's Tyrese Halliburton, 12.6, Trey with 10.8, Luca. 9.6, the Joker at 9, and then James Harden at 8.6. James Harden has been playing very good for the Clippers. Of course, we saw them slip down in the standings and lose like six games in a row, but he's been playing pretty damn good for those Los Santos Clippers. Moving on now to blocks per game, top five, we have Victor Wambanyama, 3.1, Brooke Lopez, 2.8, Walker Kessler, 2.7, Chet Holmgren at 2.6, and Anthony Davis at 2.3. AD did miss the last game against the Atlanta Hawks as they are now on a two-game losing streak, which we'll be talking about a little bit later. Now, going to steals per game, we have SGA, 2.2, Spida, 1.9, Kawhi, 1.7, D'Anthony Melton at 1.6, tied with D. Fox at 1.6. That's De'Aaron Fox for the Sacramento Kings. So top five there. Now moving on to the big guys. Field goal percentage, it's always going to be dominated by the big players in the NBA. So top five from Washington, we have Daniel Gafford at 69.8. Jacob Portal at 68.5, right behind him. Ivaka Zubac as 65.5, Jerry Allen 65%, and Jalen Duran at 64.2. So a lot of big guys on that list, but that is well expected. Now moving on to the three-point makes. Top five, we have Steph Curry 187, Luka Magic 155, PG 148, Tim Hardaway Jr. 145, and Klay Thompson at 143. So a lot of three-point makes for this season for those players. Now we're going to talk about three-point percentages. So Grayson Allen has been playing amazing for the Phoenix Suns, 49.8%. Aaron Naismith from the Pacers, 45.9%. Malik Beasley, 45.5%. More on him in a moment. Kevin Durant, 45.2%. Jalen Williams, 45 In the top five three-point percentages in the NBA. Now let's talk about fantasy for, again, the people that play fantasy basketball here. Top five, we have JoJo, that's Joel Embiid, 63.6. Luka Magic, 61.5. Giannis, 58%. Nikola Jokic, 57.6. And SGA with 54.3. And excuse me, that is... Fantasy points per game. Those are the points that those players will give you throughout the season. Now we're going to talk about highest percent of points from the three. Top five here, starting off the list, is again Malik Beasley, 74.4. Dante DiVincenzo, 68.9. Buddy Hield from the Pacers, 66.7. Is he going to get traded before the block here? Let's 
just see what happens. 66.7% for him. Duncan Robinson out of the MIA, 62.6. And Gary Trent Jr. at 60.8%. Now, moving on now to the two bowl. That is the highest percent of two-point makes in the NBA. Top five here is DA, that's DeAndre Aiden out of the Blazers, 91.6. Jacob Porto, big guys again. This is typically where you're going to see him. Jacob Porto, 89%. Jalen Duran, 88.8. Nick Claxton out of the Brooklyn Nets, BK, 87%. And Zubac at 85.5 on that list. The mid-range, let's talk about the mid-range game real quick. So top five highest percent of points from the mid-range. Chris Middleton, 26.5. DeMar DeRozan, 25.8. B.I. Brendan Ingram, 25.6. Kevin Durant, 22.6. And DeAndre Aiden at 20.2. So that's that list there. Let's talk about the fast break points per game real quick. LeBron James leading the pack, always going to kill you on transition, 5.5. Giannis, 5.4. Donovan Mitchell, 4.9. Jalen Brown at 4.4. And Devin Booker at 4.1. So those are the players that definitely hurt you in transition and get those fast break points for their team. Last two here. Second chance points per game. That's who's scoring the most when they get the rebound, top five in the league right now. Joel Embiid, 4.5. Anthony Davis, 4.4. Clint Capella, 4.3. Julius Randle at four. And lastly, the big man out of Minnesota, Rudy Gobert, 3.9. Last category here, points in the paint. So the players that are scoring the most in the paint. Who is dominating in the paint in the NBA game today? That's Giannis at 20.8, Zion Williamson, 17.2, Anthony Davis, 16.3, the Joker at 16.1, and SGA with 15.6 for him. Actually, I lied. I do have the last category here is clutch players. The definition I don't have right in front of me, but these are the players I think are the most clutch in the last two minutes of a game. The list I have is Pascal Siakam, Steph, DeJounte Murray, Dennis Schroeder, Clay Thompson, Scotty Barnes, Sadiq Bey, Brooke Lopez, Cody White, Damian Lillard, Giannis, KCP, Kevin Durant, Michael Porter Jr., Paolo Banquero, and lastly, here at number nine. Not so sure what that number stands for, but I do have a nine on the left side of these players. So Trey rounding up that list of these clutch players. So that is an award that they do give out to players that perform most clutch in crunch time, essentially is how that goes. Finally, we'll cap off today's session by taking a closer look at the Sacramento Kings What's the latest buzz surrounding the Sacramento Kings and how are they shaping up for the rest of this season? Stick around for the inside scoop. They're currently down by four points, 55 to 59 against the Miami Heat, who are honestly on a seven game losing streak and they definitely want to get this one. So 
let's see how this ends up playing out for them. So let's take a look about numbers with the Sacramento Kings. Right now in offensive rating, they're 14. Defensive rating, they're 17 at the moment. And they're shooting 37.1% from three, so they're 13th in the league. So the number that stands out there is they're still allowing a lot of points at 116.4 points per game. So at this trade deadline, definitely looking for Monty to start making some moves with rim protectors and people that can play defense. It just got out today that the asking price of Kyle Kuzma has gone down. Not so sure if that's the right move. It is going to be a lot of money as well. And then you're going to have to see who you need to get rid of down the line. And I just don't know if that is worth to do right now. So let's see how this ends up shaping up. But the Kings have gotten better on the defensive end. We did see them go on a four-game losing streak. And they got a little bit of some home love and slept in their bed for a couple nights. Had good practices, according to Mike Brown. So it just seems like they've definitely picked it up on the defensive end. So the last five games, they beat the injury-riddled Memphis Grizzlies, 103 to 94. On Saturday, they played the Mavs, beat them by five points, 120 to 115. On Thursday, the 25th, they beat Golden State, where Harrison Barnes went off. And we saw Steph lose the ball at the very end of the game, 134 to 133. And then on Monday, the game that I went to, the 22nd, against the Atlanta Hawks, that's the game that started the four game winning streak here. So your season leaders. For certain aspects here, Fox, he did slip down to 27.5 points per game. Rebounds, Domas has been killing it with those 2020 games, and he's just going bananas. And we'll talk about his stats in a moment here, but 7.9 assists for a big guy is definitely amazing. So great stuff from Domas Sabonis here. The Kings right now sit in the fifth spot, the 27 and 18. So they're at 600, five games back out of the number one spot. In the Pacific Division, they're sitting in the fifth spot at the moment. So let's look at a couple of different numbers again here. The ones that stand out is the ones I'll be focusing in on. First, they're terrible at the free throw line. In fact, Free throws made, they're in 27th position at the moment. So that definitely needs to get way better. I think they've been getting a little bit better the last couple of games, but they're sitting almost at the very tail end of that list. Attempts from the free throw line as well, 20th in the league, and then 30th in free throw percent here. So... All those categories, they're 20 or worse, which they definitely need to improve moving forward. Steals per game, so they're not really getting a lot of steals. They're sitting in the 21st spot. So let's also continue to monitor what happens at this tread deadline here. What's coming up for the Kings here? Honestly, I think they have a lot of winnable games coming up on this road trip. They're playing Miami, as I mentioned. Then they play the Pacers, the Bulls, Cleveland, who is sitting at the fifth spot in the East, so exactly the same. And then end up coming back and playing Detroit, which I'll be going to on the 7th here. And then play the defending champions on the 9th of February. So let's continue to see how this all plays out. 
Now we're going to move on to Harrison Barnes because he's been playing amazing lately. He had a couple of 30 pieces coming as of late against the Hawks and then against the Warriors. He finished that last game against the Warriors with some nice buckets over Clay. And Mike even mentioned after the game, like, he's calling his number more than he, like, ever has, like, during his tenure with the Kings. So as far as points for him, points for game, he's having around 12 points, almost three rebounds, 1.3 assists is his numbers this season. So he's been playing better as of late. Those numbers have gone up. Points for game, he's getting 21. He's getting more rebounds, 3.6. And assists is up as well at 1.6. And you know what? HB is shooting the three ball at 44.7%. Free throw line, he's hitting them at 94.1%. So pretty great numbers from the field, 50%. So great numbers from HB here. Let's continue to see how he does throughout the season. As he's been on a tear lately, of course, we all know he's been in trade rumors. And a lot of times when players are in those rumors, they start to ball up. And that's definitely what we're seeing out of HB. Now, we're going to switch over to another key player for the Sacramento Kings is Domas Sabonis. So Sabonis has been playing very good for the Sacramento Kings. In fact, his last five games here, He's getting 15.4 rebounds, 7.6 assists, and is shooting from the field goal at 67.3. Three-point ball is also at a 60%. He doesn't shoot a lot of threes, but that is still a good, respectable number, especially for the last five games. His free throws could get better, 81.3 there. In Sacramento, we definitely want to see him make the all-star game here. He definitely deserves it. And now we're going to switch on over to the Los Angeles Lakers before we leave the pod. So the Lakers are on a two-game losing streak. After that amazing win in Golden State, where I was able to say what's up to Coach Darvin Ham in the hotel, the last two games have not looked pretty for the Lakers. They dropped one in Houston and Atlanta as of late. Atlanta, they lost that one 122-138. to AD was hurt and missed that game. And some comments were made after the game about Christian Wood. He said, laugh out loud. Essentially, he would be the person that would be starting at the starting spot. And he didn't get that. And I think he just tweeted that on purpose. Like, oh, okay, you're not going to start me. Like, what's going on here? And Darvin Ham was asked after the game. He said he didn't, he didn't really pay attention to it and so forth. Also, LeBron is kind of hinting out at the front office to start making some moves because, yes, I totally agree. Like, this team is not going to get very far. And when we look at their numbers right now, well, they are sitting at the ninth position in the, in the West, but you don't want to be anywhere around there. You definitely want to be higher. They're fourth in the Pacific Division. The Clippers and the Kings are playing very good basketball here. But right now, they're sitting in the ninth spot. And they're 10 games back right now. So they they just need to get better. When we kind of look at their numbers and kind of where they're struggling is definitely they need more scoring. AD and LeBron do a, a lot of the lifting. D'Angelo Russell has been playing pretty good as of late. And Austin Reese, but they just don't have more firepower on the offensive side. So the ones that definitely stand out, they cannot shoot the three-point ball at all very good three-point makes. They're sitting in 28th spot, 
and attempted, they're sitting at the 30th spot. So that continues to be an issue for them. Sometimes they really don't get easy buckets. So as far as numbers for their free throws are also not very good. 21st in the league right now and offensive rebounds are 30th as well. So they don't really get a lot of second chance points and turnovers. They turn the ball over a lot. Yeah, I definitely see this when I watch the games. Those guys turn the ball over a lot. They're 21st in the league turning over the ball. So let's, let's see how they do in their next couple of games here. They're in Boston and then they're in New York. Then shout, shout out to the Knicks too. The Knicks have been playing pretty good ball as well over there with JB running the helm. So, all right, that is a wrap for today's Shot Clock Scribbles. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe for your regular dose of NBA excitement. Join me next time as we continue to navigate through the thrilling world of basketball. Until then, keep dribbling, and I'll catch you on the rebound. Salud.